0: you will not be forgotten, because when we are faithful to the Lord, the Lord is faithful to us. Welcome in. My name is Wesley Humes. I am one of your co-hosts here for the Conifer Community Church podcast, and I just want to welcome and thank you. Also, if you hear another voice chime in, that's our producer, Jesse Watts. He is an awesome guy, and he's our main producer for this program. And so if you get the chance, if you have the opportunity, I would love for you to just be able to picture yourself hanging out with me in my office. I have a Pretty big office. I got a recliner or a couch. And one of the things that I want to do is invite us into this conversation that we're going to have today about Noah, about relationship, about what the overall understanding of what Noah could have meant for Moses as he was teaching all of Israel what was happening, what was going on, and what are the different things that were happening within the church and within Israel there. And so have a seat, get comfortable, relax. And if you're driving in your car, I hope I don't blow your ears out, but I do want to encourage us to have a conversation as we're doing this. So go ahead and feel free to create a space where me and you can have this conversation back and forth. Because we have a cool concept that we're going to try and tease out over this season, which is we're going to look at the story of Noah from very different perspectives. So today, our perspective, uh, we're talking about from our students. So if you're a new believer or if you're a child, we're um, probably under the age of 20, we're just talking about ways that students at this age, what are the main things that you're trying to take away from this? What are the main things that you think are important? What are the things that you think um, is something that can come out of this well? And so even as I sit around my office, I want you to just go ahead and put yourself there. Um, I'm sitting in a leather chair, getting just leaning back, enjoying this moment that we get to hang out together. And so let's start out with this basic question. We'll start out with a basic question. And as we start to get into this is what is your relationship with God? How would you classify it? Would you classify it as something that is vibrant, awake, alive? Is it maybe dead? Is it something that you just don't know what it is yet? Maybe you're trying to figure that out. Maybe you're here because you have no idea. Even if you believe in God. And I want to to, uh, allow us a space that we all get to sit here in this time together. And maybe we're all going to take something different away from this conversation. But we're still here together. We're still here. And we're trying to understand. We're looking at the Bible and we're saying, hey, what is other people's relationship with God? Because I'm worried about my relationship with God. I'm worried about my family's relationship with God. I'm worried about my son or daughter or as I'm going through high school or middle school's relationship with God right now in this moment whenever you're listening to this. And so as you ponder that, let's, let's continue down this rabbit hole of thinking about relationships. And so why do we follow somebody? Why do we follow them? Do we do it because they love us? Do we do it because maybe we think that they're worth following? Do we do it because it is a responsibility that we have, whether we're obeying our parents or a teacher or a coach? We think, hey, they know they've lived enough life and they are the reason that I need to follow what they have to say. Well, I had a good friend of mine once, so if you don't know anything about me, I've had a lot of odd jobs throughout the years. And I was working, and this was in Tennessee, and a friend of mine lived up in the mountains. And she was describing a time where this, um, this black bear was just moseying along, heading towards her son's house. And her son always leaves the doors of his house. He had French doors, and they were just these beautiful onto a deck, and it was just an absolute gorgeous place to live but they would spend time on that deck and she saw that this black bear was heading for these french doors and you guys know as if bear gets in your house it generally doesn't end well for anybody uh, bear included and so there was this time where they were she calls him and says hey shut your door Now, there's two responses generally whenever your parents ask you something, kids. um, I'm going to go ahead and be honest. Uh, The first question sometimes is why or you do it naturally. You just do it. You don't ask questions. You go for it. And you're following their lead. You're following them saying that this is important enough for me to be able to stop and to do exactly what they say. I'm going to put away everything that I've done in order to finish this thing out right now. And so in the story, obviously, uh, he ran to his door, shut him and then asked why. And then he saw the bear and he saw this moment where the compassion that his mom had had for him told him, I'm doing exactly what I'm going to do. And let's take that idea. Maybe you think of a time in your own life where you maybe you did the opposite thing, where your parents asked you something and you said, why? Why do I want to do that? I remember that's what my mom hated the most. And she would mock me and she'd go, why, 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 why? Whenever I would say why. But again, this was this moment where we get to sit and stop and think about our relationship. Because I think of when my parents would ask me to do something. I might ask why, but I was going to do it. It's because I love them. I knew they loved me. They had the best interest in mind for me. So think about it towards our relationship with God. What do we do when we feel like we're asked by God to do something? What do we do whenever we feel like God is leaning in on us and encouraging us and moving us forward towards What is next? What is the thing that he needs? What is the thing that he is calling us to be a part of? Or maybe a big decision that we have to make, whether we're going to go play sports or um, we're going to be a part of a certain group of friends, or maybe we're going to go to a party that night. There's a lot of different reasons why we are posed with this question. But why do we follow that person? Again, it's the following aspect of us following what that loved one tells us to do. Even as your dog, if you have a dog at home, uh, a lot of the times you train the dog with food and affection in order to get that dog to do what you want to do. And to say that our relationship with God is like a dog and an owner is not a good representation of the Lord. So that's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is, is that we have a relationship with the Lord that we trust and what He is calling us to do is what He wants us to do, even when it might be hard. And that's where we get to step forward with Noah. That's where we get to step in with Noah and look at how Israel also learned from what Noah was going through. Israel got to see what Noah was going through, got to hear from Moses what exactly he was going through. And so, as we go into the scriptures, let's go ahead and, if you haven't read Genesis 6 yet, please do that. Um, Go through, read Genesis 6, because we're focusing, again, on this relationship between Noah and God and what that means for us and what we can take from this. So, from this, we're looking at Noah's relationship with God. So, the first thing I really want to point out is in verse chapter 7 uh, right around verse 6, it says that Noah was 600 years old. And so we understand that one of the things we can take from this is that Noah has been faithfully following the Lord for 600 years. How do we know this? Well, if you flip back to chapter 6, you know, this is this guy, this crazy old Noah. He is just doing his thing, and there's nothing bad about this. But God comes to him. If you read verses 9 through 20, you're going to get this huge, long ex explanation of what god wanted him to look like what did he want the ark to look like what animals were supposed to go onto the ark and how many people were going on the ark as they built it and how long it took it and so one of the one of the cool things is seeing how long this boat would have taken Um, in my research it was showing with the technology that they would have had to the day he would have spent 50 to 75 years building The boat building the ark, and it's bigger than a boat, it's an ark. It's awesome. But isn't this a moment where we can look at it and say, Man, what was going on here? Why is this important that we know uh, that these different things were 50 cubits high and 600 cubits long or 300 cubits long? Sorry, 50 cubits high and 30 cubits. Wide, or fifty cubits wide and thirty cubits high. Why is that so important? Why are these particular things that we're talking about so important? It's because we're looking at the details. It was inside of those details that we see that Noah was able to build the ark. So he spent 600 years of looking forward to what God had for him. And then through that we see that he was constantly looking, pouring, worshiping, teaching his children. He was seen in verse 5 at, or in chapter 5 as one of the only righteous men that were on the earth. And so God singled him out and why is the Bible so specific about those two things? Well, it was to show us his character and who he was in the relationship with the Lord. And so he put the details on and we see that it was the details of him being able to execute every single phase of making the ark that was so crucial to it being a part of this story. And one of the cool things that we get to see is how Noah's relationship with the Lord continues to blossom. So we see here, he is trusting in God's faithfulness. He is trusting that God is not going to move him in a bad direction. Because think about it like this, just as we, in that first analogy, look at how we respond to our parents. We respond to those of authority. We respond to those that we follow, we can do it out of love. We can do it out of duty. We can do it out of responsibility. But I would want to ask you, do you feel like you can follow somebody if all you do is fear them? Fear is not the great motivator here. Fear is the one thing that will not allow people to continue to follow. Him. I remember that I can't remember exactly which fiction story it's from, but it was one recently that I was reading where it talked about how there is, you know, they can love you or they can fear you. And what's the what's more powerful? And here I believe Noah is showing us and Moses is showing us and God's word is showing us that love is the most important. And so Noah loved the Lord. And so Noah was faithful to the Lord. And in return, the Lord was faithful to Noah. Because following God is a relationship between the two of us. There is a, there is a give and take that is happening. We don't have to give anything, but we all we get to do is receive what the Lord has for us. And so think about it in those terms. We're looking at Noah saying, okay, Noah was this great big build, uh, noble person who lived 600 years before the Lord called him into service. I don't think that's legalism, guys. We could look at this and say, you know what, this is exactly Noah followed his word, God's word to a T. Yes, he did, because that is how The ark was made. That is how we are able to know about him now. But what is the true purpose of this story? What was Moses teaching Israel as they were wandering the desert about Noah? What was the the intent? What was the purpose? And I want to submit to you maybe this idea that it is a faithfulness of Noah is what gave them hope that they were going to be faithful, and that they would be remembered. So there's this big, for for our students and for anybody listening to this, there's this big theological word called a chiasm. So this is what is happening in the story. So if you were to look at this from a scholar's perspective, what you would see here, this place is a chiasm. And in this chiasm, the middle part of it is the most focal point, and that actually comes in verse or in chapter eight. We see in chapter eight here that Noah is remembered. Um, chapter eight, to the first part of chapter eight, that the Lord remembered Noah, and that is the very most essence of this story: is that when we are faithful to the Lord in a relationship with him, we are seeing that there is nothing that we can do to please him. That is just ultimately what we need to look at. That's ultimately what we need to understand is that being pleasing to the Lord is being faithful to him. Not what we do, not what we think we should do, But it's what we get to do. What is the Lord calling us to? What is he transforming our hearts to do? What do we honestly get to just get to step out and be so excited about? We get to step out. We get to be with people who need God so much and they are searching, they're looking, and we get to go to them and we get to be just as Noah was to Israel, showing out a a faithful way of learning, a faithful way of understanding a faithful way of coming into relationship with the Lord. And again, it's not a list of things. So you could read this and you might interpret in yourself that it's like, oh man, Wes, I hear what you're saying. So I just need to follow what the Bible says. Yes, Follow what the Bible says, but not out of obligation, out of the relationship. Because when we are faithful to the Lord, the Lord is faithful to us. And even when we're not faithful to the Lord, the Lord is still faithful with us. Because in Romans chapter 3, we all see that we have fallen short of the glory of God. But it is, our, it is God's faithfulness in us that continues to lift us up. And let's, let's talk about legalism. What if we said this was uh, them? What if you did look at this and see legalism where you're like, hey, this is a set of rules we need to follow. And that's exactly what the Bible is saying. I'm submitting to you that I think there's a different way we can look at this. Because a definition of legalism is saying that this is a set of rules and that we have to follow them to a T. Well, let's go down that track. What if Moses would have messed up one thing? Because he's human, right? He is human. He is there. He is human. He is is bound to mess up. What if he would have messed up something on the ark? The whole ark would have flooded and it would have sank. And we wouldn't have this story. However, he was faithful to the Lord. It was his relationship why he did everything so well for 75 years. 2020 might seem like a long time for us right now, but I'm sure it's not the same level of aggressiveness that Noah felt. Because think about it this way he was that crazy old man that kept working on the ark, he was the crazy old man that kept coming and being present with the Lord every single day, putting hammer. To nail. And so we have to stop and say, no, Noah did not do this out of legalism as a part of what he thought he had to do. He had faith in the Lord. He had love for the Lord. He had a relationship with the Lord that inspired him in such a way that it led him to the understanding that it is a relationship and that he was remembered by the Lord. Chapter 8, he was remembered by the Lord. Now, Israel, now we're going to take a step back again. We're looking at Noah through the eyes of Moses, and we get to see here that Israel will not be forgotten. And this is something that you can think about, that you will not be forgotten. Because when we are faithful to the Lord, the Lord is faithful to us and he remembers us. The Lord that has created everything around you, that has given the minds and the powers for the people around you to create the car that you're driving in or the AirPods that you're listening to or the headphones that you're listening to this on. All of that creativity came from the Lord. And he will remember you. Because Noah did not go through easy times. No, 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 no. This was hard. Every step he was remembering, God remembers me. God has come to me. God is with us. God is with our family. And so we see this continuing to move throughout all of Noah's story is that he is faithful to the Lord and the Lord is faithful to him. And so take courage with that, that even as we are going through so much in 2020, that when we are faithful in these hard times and do not be mistaken, listener, I don't know your name, but I want you to know that this is not easy. This is not a hard time. This is a hard time. Forgive me. But that we get the incredible and the beautiful opportunity to be remembered by the Lord. Because it wasn't roses when Noah was sitting on the ocean for a year. It was, It's not easy now as we sit in 2020. And you know what? There's more things that are coming that are not going to be easy. But we have the faithfulness of the Lord. We have the righteousness of the Lord. We have what the Lord has brought to us. And so... That is what I want to encourage you with today is that through Noah's story, we have learned that when we are faithful to the Lord, the Lord is faithful to us. And we get this opportunity to have this conversation. And students out there, remember when the Lord when we are faithful to the Lord, the Lord is faithful to us. And it's not out of legalism, it is out of a relationship is because we love the Lord so much that we are going to follow what He wants us to do. That's what we see in this story of Noah here. That's what we see as we continue to work through the other covenants in the future seasons to come. I want to say thank you. Thanks for listening to me for the last 21 minutes or so. I'm very honored to be able to sit here and talk to you today about Noah's journey. And I'm excited for what is to come next. So drive safely and we'll talk soon.